Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. You got a Bible, you can go to Philippians chapter 2. That's where we're going to be, Philippians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we have them out there in the lobby with those um, journals and Lord's Prayer guides. Also, you can download a couple of great apps. That's uh, YouVersion and Bible Hub. You'll find our reading plan on YouVersion. We're in a series on the book of Philippians. And so our reading is taking us all the way through the book of Philippians, a really fun reading. We're reading directly through the book of Philippians. And this series is called Consecrated Community. What does it mean to live in a consecrated community? So often we can come to church for what we can get out of it. But this series isn't about what you can receive, but this series is about what you bring and what you can give to this community. So my question is, what are you bringing to this community? What's your contribution to this community? Or do you just come and kind of receive and never bring anything? So we're gonna be looking at this church in, in Philippi, and uh, our series kind of centers around the very first verse, Philippians 1.1. I'd like for us to say this together. We say this with me. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus. This is the Apostle Paul. If you're new to scripture, the Apostle Paul wrote this. This, by the way, is a letter that he wrote to a church. And so we can learn from this church here, what does it mean to be called God's holy people? Is that even possible? It must be possible because he's, he wrote a letter to a bunch of jacked up, messed up, hurting people who are trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus just like we are. And so if he says that it's possible to be holy, it must be possible, it must be possible to live in a consecrated community. And so we're gonna talk about that and, and what we can learn from this church. Last week, Pastor Blaine uh, led us through Philippians chapter one. Today, I want to lead you through Philippians chapter two. And then next week, we'll be going through Philippians. Good. I'm just seeing if anybody's paying attention. Anybody, anybody. And then we're going to finish up with, yeah. And then uh, the week after that will be what? There is no five. Come on, people. <laughs> Bet that pastor in Colorado didn't deal with that. That was so cruel. I set you up. That was bad. I am, I am so sorry. Philippians chapter two, though, Paul writing this, this letter. And uh, if you have a copy of the scriptures, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Let's go to verse 12. So we're gonna be in the middle of this chapter. By the way, when this, just if you don't know this, if you're new to church, the Bible wasn't written with chapters and verses. I don't know if you knew that. Those were added later just as reference points for us as Christians, so we could easily find places in the Bible. But for well over a thousand years, they never had a chapter, they never had a verse that they could pull to because they read the whole letter. And then they would read the whole letter to the church. 
which makes me laugh because I was like, how many verses can I read today before people are going to go, can we sit down? Can we sit down? Can we sit down? It's really funny. Like they literally read this entire letter while everybody stood and they read the letter. All right. Verse 12. He says this, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Man, this is Paul saying, man, you're a good church. I was preaching and you were listening and you were doing it. Man, that must be amazing. You guys are awesome. And now that I am away, it's even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Every parent said... Oh, come on now. Amen. Yeah, school is starting. You know what it's like right now. You, you want to write that down, put it on a three-by-five card, stick it to your refrigerator so tomorrow morning you can go right there. Do everything. Say it with me, child, right now. The word of the Lord for you is do everything without complaining or arguing. Feel free to use that, Mom, Dad. Maybe not in that tone of voice. So he says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Today, I want to talk to you about no compromise. No compromise. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your spirit is here. Thank you that you're going to speak to us. Church, I want to give you just a moment to just pray to yourself that God would speak to you give you a word, deposit something in you. Just, just pray to ask God to help you. Thank you for the gift of your word, Father, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Okay, you can be seated. So verse 12 Paul says these words, he says, dear friends, I love that he addresses them as, as, as friends. In other words, Paul loved these people. They, they were his, his friends. I, they, we all want friends. I mean, just think about it. I just mentioned back to school. Anybody? I've been watching kids as they've been going back to school, and honestly, my palms start sweating for them as I watch them walk into the freshman academy, and I could see that they're, you know what it is? You remember that first day of school? You walk in, and you're like, where's my friends? Where's my friends? I need my friends. It doesn't change even as you get into become an adult, does it? I mean, you, we all want friends. Is there anything better though, than having friends that you have something in common with. You know, like where you find out and you discover you're passionate about what? And then they're passionate about it, you're passionate about it. You could sit down and talk about it for hours. You're like, this is so great. I can't talk to anybody else about this, but I could talk to you. I, like for me, I, I love my lawn, I pet my lawn, I put it to sleep at night, I tell it stories, you're a good little lawn. You just grow good and green, you're special. I do, I, I, I have become that guy. I am the neighbor that you wish didn't live in your neighborhood. Cause I totally geek out on it. And I, um, 
I found I have these friends of mine. They've been friends of mine for two decades, and I had no idea that we had this common interest. It's Brian Darnell and Al Fonseca. Some of you know them. Wave. Oh, they're sitting by each other. Wave so they can, they can see you. Yeah, these are, this is my grass group right here. This is my grass group. You can be careful when you talk about grass group, though, because that can mean if I preach it in Colorado, that means a whole nother thing there, people. Just telling you. But what I, I found out that they like, they like their lawns as well, and we've gotten in this group text together. Have you ever gotten in a group text where you're like, oh, the death of me? You know, you don't want to be in there, but you can't get out of the group text because if you, if you get out of it, everyone's going to see that you, you got out of the. Some of you are like, that's my core group. No, that's terrible. You shouldn't. That's bad. But it's really irritating if somebody's got an Android phone in a group text. That's, uh, uh, these guys have iPhones. And so we, we exchange like pictures of our lawns and just go, wow. Like, you think I'm making this up? This was a text from Alfonseca right here. Look at that. He sent this picture. Of, look at how beautifully green that is. He says, look at this. I mowed the lawn last night and had to come out this morning to look at it after the rain. Who doesn't do that, huh? Yes. It's amazing. I was like, oh, I'd, I'd actually done the same thing. I was like, oh. And as a brother in Christ, I had to send him a scripture from the word of God. This is what I sent him, Psalm 72, 6. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. That is an actual scripture. God, look it up. God loves green lawns. His favor rests upon those who mow and edge and don't just blow their clippings into the street. Now I'm preaching. Now I am preaching. So then Brian sends this picture of his lawn. Look at that edge. Look at that sidewalk. That is, look at that. Then he sends a scripture. Look at his scripture. And all of heaven rejoiced as the rains fell upon the land, blessing those that had toiled over it in the days prior. For their labor <laughs> was not in vain. And they celebrated saying, look, the Lord has not forsaken us. First Landscape Alonians 334. <laughs> That's not an actual book in the Bible. Some of you, where is that at? Is that in the Old Testament? I'm not sure where that's at. So... <laughs> So we send each other stuff. We even, we even help each other with tips and tricks. And, and like recently, I, I, and I know you guys is totally relating to the crowd here. Um, you know, I, a part of my lawn was getting dried out. I wasn't sure if I had enough moisture and how long I should be watering, where I should be watering. I know these are things you all worry about as well with your lawns. <laughs> and so I was sharing this with the guys. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And, and I was like, do you not have a moisture meter? And I'm like, a What? Do tell. <laughs> they make this thing called a moisture meter. And, and, and he sends me a link. I buy it off Amazon and I got one now in my yard. This is my moisture meter. You stick it into the soil and it tells you if you're, look at the moisture on that lawn. That, my friends, is perfection right there. Christian perfection. That's what that is. Favor of the, of the Lord. That is, man, that is good. And what does this have to do with anything I'm talking about today? 
probably nothing. I just wanted to have an opportunity to talk about my fabulous lawn. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the truth is though, as followers of Jesus, we all have something in common. And that thing that we have in common is Jesus. It's the one thing that unites us and brings us together. And, and, and we say this uh, pretty regularly here at Core Church, we grow in relationship with God by being in relationship with God's people. Turn to somebody and say, are you in relationship with God's people? Ask, are you in relationship with God's people? It's one of our core practices, godly friendships. I think of godly friendships like the, um, the soil meter for your soul. So how is your soul? Are your roots deep in Christ? If we were to check the, the soil of your soul today, would it be rich in Christ Jesus? Because this is what Paul is talking about in his letter here and what I think happens to many people who come into church is they don't realize that the soil of their soul is bone dry. It's Ezekiel 37. It's the valley of dry bones. They're living in a valley of dry bones and they don't even know it. Or worse yet, they, they look at the soil of their soul and they're like, wow, it's green. It looks great. Everything looks great. And what they don't realize is that green is nothing but a bunch of weeds that have taken over the soil of their soul. It's, it's Jesus in the parable of the seed where he says the weeds come up and they choke out the word of God. And we don't even know that that has happened in our lives. People are living a life of compromise instead of living their lives consecrated to Christ. Christians, followers of Jesus, compromising their beliefs, their standards, their morals, their, their ethics, their allegiance, their loyalty to God. So how's the soil of your soul today? I want you to write down this question. This is what we're gonna wrestle with for a few minutes. Am I, am I compromising or am I consecrating? Am I, am, I, am I compromising or am I consecrating? If you're new in the chair backs in front of you, there's some sermon notes, you can take those out. I know many of you are in groups and you use these in your groups, I think that's fantastic. But am I, am I compromising or am I consecrating? So how do you, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know if, you're, if you've gone over into compromise? And how do you know if you're really consecrating yourself and your life to Christ? Let's, let's look again at Paul's letter. Let's stay in verse 12 where he says this, work hard, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Say this part with me, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. That's what consecration is. Big word, you may not know what that means, but this is what it means. If you're taking notes, write this down. Consecration is simply obeying God. Put that scripture back up for me. This is what it is right here. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Leave that up so some people can write that down. It's obeying God with deep reverence and fear. 
It, and, and by the way, this is, this is uh, not a, like living in fear of being chastised or being judged by God. It's, it's living in fear as in his understanding, having a full understanding and coming under his power and his authority. Now, compromise happens when we live in fear of the world instead of living in the fear of the Lord. It's like we're, so many people are just trapped back in middle school. It's back to school time, right? We all want friends, and you want friends when you're in middle school, and it's no different than when you're an adult. It's why they call it FOMO. It's the fear of missing out, and it's a legitimate, real deal, and you will compromise in order to not miss out. You'll compromise where you go and what you do and who you do it with because I, I, I don't want to miss out. We have this fear of rejection. I don't want to be rejected, so we, we compromise so that we can fit in with certain people. We won't say certain things or we do say certain things. We won't do certain things. We do certain things. Also, we can, we can fit in. We have this fear of failure. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want anybody to know I'm a failure. And so we will compromise our ethics in order to get just a little bit ahead. We, we fear being overlooked. I just want somebody to, to notice me. So what do we do? We compromise. Compromise our beliefs, our standards, our morals, our ethics. We even compromise our allegiance and our loyalty to God. Why do we do that? And I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to followers. Why do we do that? I think it's in, a, in an effort to be affirmed, to be accepted, and to be approved. Something that we, we all want. And we, we, man, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I compromise a little bit, I mean, then I'm, I'm going to receive the affirmation I want. I'm going to get the acceptance that I, I desire. I'm going to get the approval that I deserve. And it's just a little compromise. But instead of consecrating, we're, we're compromising. What's interesting is the word, uh, the word promise is in the word compromise. It's in there, but it's a false promise. Because it will leave you empty and it will leave you longing. This is why I think Paul is trying to tell us here in verse 12 that it's only in Christ that we, that we can find the affirmation that we want, the, the acceptance that we want, the, the approval that we desire. And can I tell you as a pastor, I am not exempt from any of those. No one is. You're not gonna suddenly grow out of it one day. It's always pulling on you. And I fight it every day. It's, it's why every morning I, I begin my day with what I would call maybe my consecration statements, so to speak. I don't know what else to call them. I get up every morning and, and I, to do my daily devotions and I take my Bible and my journal and I sit at the kitchen table and, and before I ever open my Bible, before I ever say a prayer, I sit down and I just say these three statements that help keep me grounded. I just take in a deep breath and I... I am loved by the Father. <sighs> Affirmation. He loves me. And I just think about that for a minute. Man, he, 
I haven't read the Bible. I haven't prayed. I haven't done anything today. And I am loved by the Father. Then, then I take in a, another deep breath and I, I am saved by the Son. And I just let that breath out. That's a statement of acceptance. Doesn't matter what I've done, doesn't matter my failures. I don't have to work for it. And I just imagine the blood of Jesus just, it just covers me. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm, I, I'm saved by the Son. And then I take in another deep breath. And I just say, I'm guided by the Spirit. That's an approval statement for me. I don't have to go out and seek approval from anybody. I don't have to go looking for approval. I already got it. Because the Holy Spirit is guiding my life. Are you, are you compromising? Or are you consecrating? Look again at verse 12, where Paul says, work hard. Turn to somebody and tell them, work hard. You got to work hard. Some of y'all turn to your teenagers and saying that that ain't fair. That is not right at all. You're actually telling them, write that down. Work hard. We'll work on that when you get home. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, now let's stop here for just a moment. Your, your salvation is complete in Christ and the work that he did at the cross. Say amen. Okay, you don't have to work for your salvation, but make no mistake about it. Consecration, oh, that's hard work. That's brutally hard work. In fact, I'd like for you to write this down. Consecration will challenge my attitudes, my habits, and my choices. Consecration is going to challenge three specific things. My, my attitude, my habits, and my, my choices. Let's talk for just a moment about attitude, okay? Let's talk about attitude, okay? Christians, Christians can be mean. What is up with that? You ever, I mean, like, you notice that Christians get on social media, right? Christians can be mean. Like, we're right now in the middle of the, for the summer, we're doing this big neighbor thing, neighbor nights, summer neighbor nights. I'm like, I'm gonna download the next door app and I'm gonna get to know. Wow, talk about a cesspool. I was like, and listen, here's what I want you to do. When it comes to your attitude, think before you post. <laughs> I like that. One person clapped. Amen. That's somebody who had somebody comment on their post and they're like, I didn't like that. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why are we saying that? I mean, listen, if you are on a ball field anywhere, why, beware of your attitude. You don't need to be yelling at the coach. You don't be yelling at your kid. You don't be yelling at somebody else's kid. You don't be yelling at the umpire or the, or the ref. Like, what are we doing? We're supposed to be consecrated to Christ. What do we do? We, we compromise and we just let it out because we don't like what they're doing. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna compromise our attitude. Some of y'all are going to leave here today. You're going to go to a restaurant. Can I, can I help you with this a little bit? When you go to a restaurant, would you please tip? Tip. Write it down. T-I-P. Tip. <laughs> and a tip, by the way, ain't 10%. A tip ain't 5%. 
If you are a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna challenge you, you should be tipping 20% no matter what. Especially if you're gonna go out to eat after church. They know who you are. I don't get it, man. We Christians, we get in there and we, you don't get the service you want. You just start showing some attitude. You were just in the house of God. You just been singing the songs, raising my hands, talking to people, shaking hands. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I did my six handshakes. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I am all tapped out on good mornings and I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> you're like, I know some of y'all are like, yeah, but when I get bad service, uh-uh, they ain't getting their 20%. Can I? Stop. It's, I've been gone too long. I can feel it. I have been gone. Dig it down. <laughs> I, this, this, these, some of these are my soapbox, so I get the soapbox today, okay? Sometimes a waiter or waitress can just be the worst. I remember one time, I, I uh, it's been decades ago, I left, left a penny. I was like, it's the worst service I've ever had in my life. I gave him a penny. You deserve that. I wish I could go back and take back that penny. Because what you don't know is um, what's happening in that waiter or waitress's life. Do you know, like they're not pulling down 150 grand a year. Waitering and waitressing. I don't even know if that's a word. I mean, it's hard work. And you don't know if the table before them were a bunch of jerks. You don't know if their boss in the back is being hard on them. You don't know if they got a sick kid. You don't know what's happening in their home and their world's upside down and they're frustrated. You don't know if it's just a dead end job that they don't even know if their life's going to amount to anything. And sometimes when you get the worst service, that's when you should be tipping the best. Come on, say amen, somebody. Help me out here. Whew, you a hard crowd on that one. Okay. Man, let's talk about traffic. Should we talk about traffic? Well, we'll talk about traffic. Somebody asked me one time, how come we don't have bumper stickers at Core Church? Because I've seen y'all pull out of this parking lot on a Sunday. Okay? That's why we ain't got bumper stickers. We got Life Church stickers out there. You put that on the back of your car, okay? I'm good with that. Have y'all seen that WWJD bracelets are making a comeback? What is this? Crocs and WWJD bracelets. I mean, it, obviously Jesus is coming back. Something's happening here. But if, if you don't, WWJD stands for what would Jesus do? And, and I, I, it's really, that's a great question to ask. I think instead of bracelets, what we need is Christian shock collars. That's what we need. Some of y'all know, some of y'all like, you're sitting by somebody, you're like, they need one. Can I get one in the lobby with my journal? <laughs> You just, you know, you give it to an accountability partner and they're like, you look, like, oh, oh. <laughs> All right, let's, 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 let's talk about habits. Let's talk about habits. You know, one, one of the, I don't know why I think it's so cute, but I think it's so cute when you see a toddler picking their nose. I don't know what it is. You see a two or three year old and they're just like this. And it's just like so cute. I look at it, I'm like, that's a cute. And moms and dads are always like, get your finger out of your nose. But, but when I see it, I'm like, that's so cute. When you see an adult do that, that ain't cute. That's weird. Because as an adult, you ain't supposed to be picking your nose. You're supposed to have grown out of that habit, right? Cute when you're two, not cute when you're 20, 30, 40. I could keep going on that one. 
It's not, yo, because you have, you grow into new habits. You create new habits. The same is true in your relationship with Jesus. That you, you give up old habits, bad habits, and you create new habits as a follower of Jesus. This is why every year we go through core growth together. During the month of September, we're going to be going through core growth in our core groups. And we, we look and take a deep dive in our eight core practices. Another way to look at it is to say our eight core habits. It's the core, eight core habits of every follower of Jesus. These are the habits we should be creating in our lives. And they're not complicated. Like you heard two of them today, daily devotions. Like, do you have the habit? Have you grown into the habit of, of reading scripture? Well, man, I'm just so busy and it's hard. And man, I got it, Casey. I've got like a one-year-old. I don't know how I can do it. I just don't have time. I don't have good. Dad, can I tell you that's an indication of where you're at with Jesus? If you don't ever read your Bible, I can tell you you're not passionate about Jesus. That's not, that's not an indictment on you. It's just the reality. Because why? Because when you first come to faith, I don't understand scripture. I'm trying to learn how do you read it? What is chapters? What is verses? What's going on? You get in a core group. People start doing it with you. You start talking to people, learning how to read the word. And next thing you know, decades go by and you are a man or a woman of the word. Why? Because you've given up old habits, picked up new habits, and you're growing in your faith. Casey talked about Sunday worship. Is Sunday worship a priority? Is it a habit for you? Well, I just got a lot and my kids are in this thing and I had that thing over there and we're going this and it's just race, it's hard. And are you consecrated to Christ? What's, what's pulling on you? What in, the, what in this world could be more, could be better for you than being in the house of God, as Casey talked about, around God's people? It's an indication, like I'm just telling you, like, if, if, and just because you come to church doesn't make you a, a mature believer in Christ. Don't misunderstand that. But I can tell you this, when you're, when you're not, and when you're staying home and mowing your lawn or, or compromising and saying, well, the world has this going on on Sundays, this thing over here is going on on Sundays. And if I don't, if I don't go do this on Sunday, then I can't do it. My kids can't do it. I was talking to a, a parent just last night, and, and they were telling me their, their son is a really good athlete, and he's on a traveling team. He's gotten recruited by a couple traveling teams, and, but it's been a real stickler because they, they won't play on Sundays. Wow. Well, that's just legalistic. I don't think so. I, I think it's somebody who says, I am not gonna compromise. My child is not going to grow up with memories of a ball field. My child's going to grow up with memories of being in the house of God and knowing that that's a priority and that's important. And we are going to consecrate ourselves to Christ. What are the habits? You know, I mean, I could go on and on giving and serving and all of these habits that we're developing are such great. Like a, it's like that soil meter for your soul. Let's talk about choices. So we talked about attitudes, talked about habits. Let's, let's talk about choices. Y'all still with me? Amen. <laughs> like he should go on vacation more often. Why did I come on the week that he's back? <laughs> choices. What does it mean? Are you, are you consecrating your choices to God or are you compromising? I am, I am shocked and frankly, just, I just don't, I'm just, 
can't believe how many Christians are watching porn. It's nuts. It's crazy. They're watching porn. And by the way, I'm not talking about the internet and I'm not talking about your phone. I'm talking about your streaming app. I'm talking about Paramount Plus. I'm talking about Apple TV. I'm talking about Netflix. I'm talking about HBO Max. What are we doing? Well, it's a really good show. Everybody's watching it. You know, it's that movie. Everybody, everybody's, it's the biggest movie in America. I mean, I go, and, and, and here's how you know you're compromising. When you tell somebody, have you seen, and you name the show, and you go, and, and you know then, oh, wait a minute, this isn't somebody at work, this is somebody at church. Now, it's got a couple of bad scenes in it, but you, you fast forward through those, or, or, or just, you know, if you, can get pa- if you can get past those, if you find yourself saying that, you are compromising and not consecrating. I mean, when you, if your kids walk in the room and you have to pause it, hello, you're compromising and not consecrating. I, just think of it like this. I, I, there's, a lot, there's a lot of shows I really want to watch. I just don't, I just can't watch them. Because I've just said, no, I'm not going to, don't, I don't need that show that bad to compromise my moral standards. I just don't need it. I want you to just think about this. The next time you're, you're choosing a TV show or a movie, I just want you to imagine when you're watching, just when you're watching it, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to imagine Jesus sitting right next to you. He's sitting right next to you, and one of those scenes, you know, one of those scenes comes on, and Jesus leaning over and going, mm, that is good. That's some good stuff. Wow, woo, look at her, look at it, wow. No, 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 that, that, no. But it's not just what we watch, it's what we listen to. Oh, now I'm stepping on my own toes because I like me some rock and roll. Like when I go out to mow people, I got my playlist, I got my headphones on, ain't nobody bothering me. I got my 80s jam, I'm just going at it. And, and I can tell you there's times that I'm mowing and all of a sudden one of those songs will come on. Anybody, you ever, you ever had a song from your high school years or college that you, it was your jam, like you loved it. And then later in life you start having kids and you were singing it and you were like, oh my goodness. <laughs> is that what it is? I didn't know that. So what I have, I have a choice. I can either stop, skip, or just compromise. Compromise where we go and who we go with, even our decisions in life, our big decisions in life. Sometimes you gotta make some really, really hard decisions. I I still remember one of the most difficult decisions I ever had to make. Some of you probably laugh at it, but that's okay. Um, so if you're new, I'm, uh, my background is radio, and I'm, on, I'm still on the radio and leave church here today. You can hear me on Family Life Radio. But um, early in my career, I worked at all rock and roll radio stations. And, and I worked here in Tulsa and did a morning show for years. And then I lost my job. And when I lost my job, I was... I was out of work for a long time and it was very, very difficult because I had been at the top of the game and I had, I had highest ratings and everything was going great in my life. And then suddenly I found I couldn't get back in my career field. It was so difficult. I couldn't understand it. And I was praying and I was seeking God. I was like, God, why can't I get back in my career field? What's going on? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And, uh, and I had to take some real difficult jobs during that period. I mean, I remember I was cutting hams, I was digging graves, I was throwing newspapers, I was doing whatever I had to do to try to put food on the table for my family. And then I got a call. And somebody in Indiana wanted to hire me. 
and they wanted me to do a morning show and it was a really successful radio station. They wanted to pay me really good money and I was really excited. So I talked to the program director. We kind of got it all worked out. And, and so then I was calling him on a Friday and I was supposed to fly in on a Monday and I was just calling him to kind of get the itinerary. So I called him and they, the secretary put me on hold. And when she put me on hold, from the time she put me on hold till the time he picked up, they had the radio station on hold. So it was playing and a song came on and it was a pretty inappropriate song. And I was like, oh, ah. And all of a sudden I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, are you gonna compromise or are you gonna consecrate yourself to me? I mean, over a song? Yeah. The program director picked up the, the phone and he said, hey, Brad, we're excited about you coming and, and I got your plane ticket information. I said, hang on, hang on. Um, I can't come. He's like, what? I'm sorry, I, um, I, I can't take the job. I, I, and, and that's when he began to explain to me how much these plane tickets cost and that I was gonna get there and he was saying it in a lot of, a lot of colorful language, a lot of really colorful language. Which was interesting because when he did that, it just like the Holy Spirit affirmed to me, that's what you would have been working under. That's what you would have given your life to. Not only that, but when I got off that phone, I'd love to tell you that I got a job the next day, but I didn't. It was months and months and months and very, very difficult time for our family. But then I did get a, a job back in radio and I had the best five years of my entire career. Met one of my closest friends, uh, Mike Kinkelfritz, who, who now is the program uh, manager for Family Life Radio. That's how I got there. And if I had gone to Indiana, I wouldn't be here. That's why you consecrate yourself. You consecrate yourself because God has your best interest at heart. So the question is, what, what is it you're so desperate for that you're compromising to get it? Our staff is reading a book called um, Longing for Revival. And I love what the author said in the book. He said this, consecration isn't about appeasing the fickle demands of an overbearing deity. It's about making ourselves available to God so he can make us holy, set us apart for his purposes. He longs to restore us to the glory of his holiness. It's, it's as if God is saying, I made you in my image to be like me. Let me help you come back to who you really are holy. This is our God and what he wants to do for you. Am I compromising or am I consecrating? Will you pray with me? Just bow your heads. I want us to just spend a little moment just talking to God. Where is it you're compromising? Where in your life are you compromising? And, and what is it you need to consecrate? What area of your life do you need to consecrate? Just take a moment right now. Just confess that to God. Consecrate that to him. Ask him to help you right now. Maybe you came in this place today and you need hope. There is hope for your heart here today in Jesus. Talk to God about that. Where do you need hope? Where do you need him to renew your hope? 
Maybe you need healing for your soul. Maybe there's some things in your life that you know, I, I need forgiveness. I need God's grace and I need his mercy. Maybe today, maybe you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus. I want you to tell you today is a day of salvation for you. Today is your day of salvation. Today, God wants to set you free. All you've got to do, listen, as I said earlier, you don't work for your salvation. The work was done by Jesus on the cross. All you have to do is ask, God, would you forgive me? And his grace and his mercy and his love are here for you today. Or maybe as a follower of Jesus, you have some things you need to confess. Confess that now to him. Let him heal your soul. Do you need peace? Sing that song, I, I Speak Jesus, and that word depression just leaped off the screen. Maybe you have some anxiety or some depression or you're just at the end. When I was talking about losing my job, you know what that's like. Maybe you've lost something and you know the pit that that has put you in. But the peace of God can be there with you in that pit. Listen, God was with Jeremiah in the pit. He will be with you. Do you need purpose today, purpose and meaning? When I was talking about the waitress and the waiter, just the, the dead-end job and not what you thought you'd be doing or where you'd be, or maybe it's a relationship right now and you're just like, well, what's going on in my life? I, I'm just, I, I don't have any purpose. I, God, would you renew my purpose? Just ask God today, renew my purpose. Please, God, give my life meaning. Show me where to go. Ask him today. Father, we thank you that today we say no to compromise and we say yes to consecration. We consecrate ourselves to you today. Bring your hope that those, for those who need it, bring your healing, bring forgiveness and restoration, new life, valley of dry bones to new beginnings. Today, may it be so in the name of Jesus. Peace, your presence over people, purpose, your spirit guiding and directing us. We thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.